0: So, uh, obviously, welcome to the webinar. Today, we're going to to talk about, I'm going to talk about Facebook, and I'd love to get your ideas on um, how you found it's worked. I have not had a chance to look at the survey responses that I asked for. Are you on Facebook? I I
1: am on Facebook, yeah. Um, I didn't even notice the survey. I'm sorry. I didn't read it. No, no, it might have come in
0: after you registered. There's some that have come. No drama there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously, I'd like if you connected with me via Facebook. So beyond your PhD with Dr. Richard Heisman's is mainly where I'm active on Facebook for the purposes okay. of work. But if you want to connect with me personally, you're more than welcome to. Although you'll probably find most of what I share personally is not that exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I'm on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram and I'm going to start accounts on Snapchat and also on, um, on TikTok, but I'm yet to enter those worlds. So okay. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, have you heard of either of those two?
1: Um, my daughter keeps asking me if she can go on TikTok. Cause I think, okay. is that the one with the music where you can. Mm,
0: yeah. Lots of music. Like,
1: do videos yeah. to music mm-hmm. and yeah. And I yeah. keep saying no, because she's only nine. So. yes
0: <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's, it's a big wide world out there. And it's as a, someone who's not, like one of the reasons why I want to get on a lot of these channels is because well, I've got a, two daughters, the eldest is nine and they haven't mm-hmm. asked yet to go on social media, but I feel like if I don't right. know what's happening on the platform, how can I give them advice on how to behave on the platform?
1: That's it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so today we the webinar, like all the time is recorded. Uh, so if you participate, it will be recorded. You'll get an opportunity to review the recording before it goes out into the big wide world so don't stress too much and uh, i don't think there'll be anything that is overly controversial but nonetheless if you feel like that's where you're at we can have a chat about how we might deal with that into uh, before it goes live to the world wide web okay uh, it looks like has uh, joined us as well so nikisa um, welcome it's just the three of us today at the moment uh I tend to talk quite quickly. So if I do, let me know that I've spoken too fast and I'm happy to slow down or you can, like I said, listen to the recording and have another go. I run workshops on all of this stuff as well. So if you think that you want to know more or want to do it in a workshop style, uh, let me know, just send me an email and I'll help arrange something at your organization. Or if it's just you, we can get a few individuals together to sort something out. Um, And obviously I do coaching as well. So if you want coaching to help, your Facebook profile or use social media more generally I can do one-to-one coaching for that kind of stuff too Uh, all of the stuff that I'll provide today should be referenced Uh, and so if you share it on social media use the appropriate references in terms of the content that um, is not referenced obviously that's my content I'm happy for you to share that on social media as well but please make sure you acknowledge where it's come from so Nikisha's heard this before, I'm not sure if you have as well Joanne, but uh, basically I describe myself as a career coach for researchers and I started out my um, career as it were as a PhD student and then I exchanged my lab coat for a suit coat. And now essentially I help researchers answer the question, what next? And that could be a strategy question in relating relating to pursuing their career. So you know, how would I be better at Facebook, for example, for research? Or it could be a very much a career question: How do I um, progress from associate professor to professor? Or how do I transition from academia to industry? Or in some cases as well, how do I go from a non-academic career to an academic career? So done essentially the full gamut as it relates to an academic career in out out in etc and the common theme for all of the work that i do uh, is essentially helping people understand what it is that they want to say and what others might be interested in so helping them understand that intersection the the relevance piece that could be uh, writing a cv that might be better targeted to an application or to a position or it could be writing a grant or like i said social media as we're discussing today So I'd love to know a little bit about you both, Um, you know, are you currently on social media, what maybe if you're happy to share what your academic background or interest might be, um, and what you're hoping to get out of today. So um, I'll start at the bottom, Nikis is at the bottom. Um, Could you introduce yourself and what are some of your um, reasons for being here today?
2: Um, hi, Richard. Yeah, I'm an honorary postdoc at um, Hudson Institute at the moment. Yes. Um, so my background is um science. Um, and um, yeah, I just I was wondering how I can use Facebook as sort of like communicating with other scientists and promote my research. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm curious to see how that's um visible, actually.
0: Yeah, no problem. And Joanne?
2: Yeah, I'm a PhD
1: student at Monash. I've just finished my confirmation, so I'm heading into my second year. Oh, congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um I'm thinking about possibly using Facebook for recruitment of participants, but yeah. then also um yeah, just to, I've always used it personally, but not yeah. ever in a research sense or professional sense, so just thinking about how I might use it uh, sure. for the professional side rather than mm-hmm. personal stuff.
0: Great. So we'll cover off um, that definitely today. But if you feel like I haven't answered that question well, we'll stop throughout, but there'll definitely be opportunities to address that directly if I didn't answer it well for you. So we'll cover off four things today. So social media in general, and that shouldn't say Twitter, that should say Facebook. Um, and then we'll also have a look at um like I said, using Twitter, the using Facebook and the value of Facebook and then some of the issues that you might face. So um, if you've attended the Twitter session that I did, you'll have seen this timeline before. So Facebook's the second oldest of all of the social media platforms, LinkedIn being the oldest. So um, Facebook is only now, you know, in the middle teenage years, as it were. So still, I'm sure there's a lot to learn about how it operates and what's valuable and what's not valuable. And obviously the way that they, constantly change the platforms means that there are new opportunities to leverage the essentially the attention that's there all the time. It is the biggest social media network in the world and Facebook itself owns a number of other social media networks as well. So Snapchat in this figure is considered a social media platform and so is Facebook messenger. Um, but certainly Instagram is. So if you have a look at, um, Facebook has got 2.3 um, billion active users, per week which is um or thousand million active users per uh, week which is massive sorry month and this is from um statista the following information is either from census and that relates to australia or from the pew research center which relates to the us and i think for most of us that's where most of our audience is but obviously you might need to pay a bit more attention if you're looking to recruit participants that aren't from these countries or that are from somewhere else or you think might be a bit different to this it's worth paying attention to these kind of data for how you might use Facebook um, to, to recruit participants or to de- to disseminate your work so it's good to know that not everyone's on social media um, in, in Australia essentially 8 out of 10 adults are on social media Uh, And as it says, it's up 10 points from the year before. So this data all relates to the end of 2018. In the US, uh, most users are on uh, Facebook and then Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So I know we're talking about Facebook today but you can see that things like Snapchat are going to become more and more popular. And I guess as researchers, if we want to engage with where people spend their time, then certainly getting into or understanding Snapchat might be important at some point in the future. Uh, and Instagram definitely is as well. And like I said, I've already covered Twitter previously. Um, and so in Australia, so the figure on the right is, um, where people, um, how often people access social media in terms of uh, the number of times per day and um, how many people access it every day. So you can see you'll get a pretty good reach uh, of the social media users in Australia every day. So 60% of the 80% who are on check it every day. (coughs) Um, So when do we connect? And this is important for when you post your content so mostly it's in the evening and in the morning, and then you can see various breaks make up the rest of the time. Uh, and so it's worth thinking about. So if you have a look at the bottom two commuting and during work, uh, if you're commuting, most people want to do that in silence. So if you're posting video content, having, um, having subtitles is important. Um, and you'll notice that most of the videos that I put out, there do have subtitles, but these longer webinars tend not to. Um, and obviously if you're looking at social media during work for some people that's important for some people social media and work is the same thing and again it might need to be done silently or at low volume so again putting um, visual content is just as important as putting um, auditory content so where do people use it again if you think about what i was just talking about being silent in the toilet 12 percent, and i reckon um there's pro- that number's probably higher. I think people are just ashamed to admit that they use it in the toilet, and you can see the bathroom number's fourteen percent as well. I don't know whether people have waterproof phones or what, but um, using it in the bathroom, I st- struggled to find how you could find time to do that. Uh, but obviously, lounge, bedroom, kitchen are quite common areas. And if you think about what we do in the lounge and in the living room daily, we're often in in um, the presence of other people who are also going to be on or available for social media. So again, creating content that someone could show to someone else uh, is useful as well. You can increase your reach by creating a shareable content, not just content that can be shared socially, but content that someone else might show to someone else on their own phone. So at home is the most common place within the bedroom, public transport and work. That's where we check social media. Um, so what age groups use social media? So if you're trying to connect with um, particular age groups to recruit your participants. So Nikisa, what age group are you working on? Do you know?
2: Uh, sorry. Yes. Um, so it's, it would be dementia patients. Yeah. So it would be like um, 65 plus, but I wasn't thinking of using Facebook for that purpose. Um, yeah. I have a medical doctor who's, um, <laughs> Happy to recruit um, patients
0: okay. for me. Yeah, and Joanne, what age group are you interested in?
1: Um, I'd be recruiting through parents of primary school age children. So yeah. yeah, probably through health support groups.
0: Yeah.
1: So, okay. Yeah.
0: So then there's. I'll. I talk about groups later on in the in this webinar, but um, certainly there are lots of groups on Facebook where you could go and participate. So I would participate as a an observer first, then look to contribute good quality content. So if someone has a question, have a good answer, and then you could get a reputation for being someone who would be worth listening to, and then go on to the point of actually, um, posting a request to say, you know, could you join my study? Would you be interested in completing this survey or whatever way you'd engage them into your piece of research? Um, it's worth looking at this, on the left-hand side for the U S cause in this, so the Australian survey only covered adults. So that's why there's no data for under age, but if you have a look at the U S survey, you can see there's um, on Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat, there's a large number in, um, uh, do they cover under, no, they don't cover under age either. Sorry, my bad. Um, the older age groups are less likely to be on the more newer on the Snapchat and Instagram, which are newer platforms. And I guess even Twitter is one of the newer ones in that list as well Um, clearly old people like YouTube um, It's their favorite platform. So I guess if that's your age group, maybe consider creating YouTube videos. Um, My dad's in that older age group and um, he loves a good bit of YouTube on his how to videos. Um, And it's worth, it's worth realizing as well that sometimes if you're trying to recruit participants or disseminate your research, not that you want to necessarily pay heaps of money, but ads, might be the place to put your content. So an ad in a YouTube video might be more effective at engaging your target group than creating content as a, um, as a, as a video, if that makes sense. Uh, Being on on social media makes you more trustable. Um, The, but only half of all small businesses are on small on social media. So it's important to know if you're trying to engage with industry that you might not find the industry that you're after or the company that you're after. Um, But larger businesses tend to be on social media. You can see 60% in Australia on social media. (coughs) Facebook and YouTube are still the most heavily used in the U S. Um, In 2008, Facebook is used by 94% of those that use social media from the Australian survey, and the rest are well, well, well behind. So you can see the rest are less than 50% um, for last year. Um, And this is the trend over the last three years. Um, The 2007 and 2008 data look quite similar, so that's why I haven't put the 2018 data. So it looks similar to the 2017 data, and that's why I haven't put it up there. Uh, But you can see Snapchat is becoming more and more popular. And uh, Joanne, as we were talking earlier about TikTok, you can see it's actually absent from this list uh, at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see whether it um, increases its presence in 2019. Um, This is also useful to know. Again, this is US data, but it's useful to know. So this compares if you're on one social media platform, are you also on another So if we just quickly look at the top row, those people that are on Twitter also use Instagram, they use Facebook, they don't use Snapchat that much, they use YouTube, they don't really use WhatsApp that much, they use Pinterest and they don't really use LinkedIn that much. So you can see if you were to use, if you have a, a Twitter campaign, you might know that you're getting a lot of people that interact by Facebook as well. And that makes sense like you have a look at facebook it's quite popular for all other social media sites and like we said it's got a lot of penetration Uh, but if you're already say on twitter um, you can kind of see that lots of people are going to from your twitter account you're also going to have facebook accounts Um, but those that have a facebook account won't necessarily have a twitter account so you can see if you look at the facebook row um, only 32 percent of people that are on facebook use twitter according to the to the survey So, I swear I changed all of this, but there we go. It says Twitter again. So that, this is all, so this should be f- the value of Facebook rather than the value of uh, Twitter. But basically, um, the. Uh, one of the reasons why you can use social media in general to, for your research is to um, increase the citations and downloads. So there is some data to say that, that, that using social media certainly awesome. increases downloads and increases clicks of your article citations is a little bit harder to um, demonstrate or define at this point. Uh, obviously you can find collaborators, partners, and recruit participants. You can engage industry, translate your work into practice and, um, as well as um, uh, translate findings in, into practice. So this is a piece of research published in PLUS One, I think. Um, it looks at the, how the relationship between the field, the number of authors on a paper and how, and the amount of social media traction it got versus how many citations it got. And what it's worth noting is basically, that the number of authors on a paper is far more powerful at increasing citations than the number of social media posts on a paper. Uh, So if you have a look down the bottom, that's the number of authors in in the figures C, D, E, F, G and H um, and the number of papers produced with those criteria on the X axis on the left and the number and the ratio of citations to social media density is on the right. So you can see that the more, um, the, the it doesn't really matter how much social media promotion there is, the citations don't change, but as we increase authorship, we tend to increase citations. So if you are looking purely to increase the citations of your work by using social media, that probably won't be the case but you can definitely translate work into practice by being on social media and lots of scientists do do that already (coughs) so this is not what I was hoping for my apologies I will just change the um, webinar should not have been that
2: Sorry about that.
0: okay sorry about that Uh, we'll reshare this that's much better okay so um some of this does come from the 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 book i write about working with industry and it does cover off the value of facebook we've been through that okay so Like I said, you would use Facebook to potentially use it to increase downloads, but not necessarily increase citations, definitely to engage with industry, um, certainly to practice communication and networking. One of the things that um, the people that I work with sometimes find hard is how do I network to non-scientific audiences and Facebook will give you a good, um, good feedback around that. So if you're not getting much traction in terms of likes and comments, then you're probably not communicating well, but if you are getting good, traction in terms of likes and comments then you probably are doing a good job of communication and certainly in these instances good communication often involves good questions so in terms of your research and and disseminating your research you'd probably want to talk, um, ask a lot of questions that relate to your research rather than tell people what you've found if that makes sense And I've used social media and Facebook as well to find collaborators and industry partners. And I've also used it personally to find clients. I'm confident that researchers can use it to find collaborators. Um, and obviously you can promote, um, your work using other, like from other social media channels into yours as well. So obviously it's free. So I think it's a good reason to make use of the channel. Um, before you start using it for research, I think you need to define what it is that you want to achieve on Facebook. So if you've already got your own personal channel, um, and Joanne, you said you're already on Facebook. So what? You, there are a couple of things that you can do. Um, you can either continue to use that account exactly as it is. So you'll share your personal information and your work information on one account. Or you could create a second account that might be um, more specific to your area of interest. So you could call it Joanne and then your area of interest, or you could call it, or you could have a business page and a personal page. So for example, lots of people in the area that I work in have a personal page, which is, if it was me, it would be Richard Heisman's as well as a business page, which is Richard Heisman's. And so that allows you to essentially have one page or two pages that you control, but one's for business and one's for personal. Um, so that is a, is worth considering. How does that sound for you, Joanne and Nikisa in terms of interacting?
1: Yeah, th- that sounds more appropriate to me because I wouldn't want to share all my personal stuff with everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat>
2: um, maybe yeah. a business page. Yeah. I would have a separate one for business as well
0: yeah um but she does, like, a you, business?
2: yeah but how would you kind of like um determine your target audience or it's for all the facebook users is that right
0: uh i would be i would be encouraging people to be more specific than that so um if you're interested in so you'd you need to write this up yourself. So, for example, you could you might have two or three targets, and then you'd need to work out which one's the most important. But let's say you talked about interacting with other scientists, so that's clearly one target, and you'd need to get more specific than just another scientist. My view would be you'd need to write down an age group where they work. So that would be university or research institute or industry it would be where they work in terms of geography it would be what they're interested in so it might be reproductive science it might be stem cells it could be um, uh, development developmental biology so that those kinds of you need to get quite specific in that regard and then what that allows you to do is make a decision on what you're putting up and does it fit that fit into that um, category would that group be in- interested um,
2: yeah. um but with facebook it's not yep. like as far as i know um, yep. maybe I'm, i don't have all the information it's yep. not like twitter that you can or like linkedin that you can hashtag and then you would attract that category how do you do it within facebook
0: yeah so the, so because of the way people are cross-posting content between essentially Twitter, Facebook, Instagram hashtags are appearing and you can click on them in a way that you, that you, you didn't yet. You couldn't previously do, but you in Facebook, you will join groups. So they're covering whatever it is that you might be interested in, but it's not just a case of putting hashtags in though. Um, You need to think about who would be interested in the content that you're putting up there. So, I know that you're going to put it out and anyone who is friends with you will be able to see it, but you've got to create content that is of interest to people. And so what you need to do is have that person in mind all the time. Because if you start creating content, let's say you make in the next week, you make five posts on Facebook and each of those five posts relates to a different part of what you're interested in but they're focused on different target audiences. It's really hard for someone to come onto your Facebook um, feed and think, yes, I want to follow Nikisa because it's consistently content that I like. Right. Whereas if you constantly say, I'm always going to post about X and then everything that goes through your account is X. Yes. There'll be people that come onto your site who are like you who bounce off because X is only 5% of what they're interested in, but then the people who, where X is 95%, you'll capture them all the time and they will be more highly engaged than the d- more diverse audience that you might have otherwise attracted. Does that make sense?
2: Well, so do you do that by choosing the keywords that you put in your. Um uh, basically on you under Facebook.
0: Yeah. In your business. Yes. In your business account. And that, that determines how Facebook might show your account to other people. So when they click like on another account, Facebook will say similar accounts to this are, uh, but ah, it's also like, okay. actually like think about how you determine whether to follow someone. What makes you determine right. whether you will follow someone? It's the content that they have, not the keywords that they put in their description.
2: Sure. Yes. No, I understand. Thanks
0: no problem so that's going to your purpose and going a bit to your to the type of account you'll create the other thing that you need to know is that is the obligations that you face as a staff member of the organizations that you're within so i'm sure you paid attention recently to the lady who in victoria who was working for or in australia who was working for the department of i think immigration who had a twitter account under a pseudonym and a lot of what she posted on that account was considered not appropriate given the role she had for government in within government so you need to be mindful of how you're using that account and your obligations to your employer when you're using your social media account and unfortunately now it looks like that applies to personal use and company use so just be careful in that regard although i I don't think either of you two are intending on doing anything that is against um, your employer. So what are the kind of things that you can do to be active on Facebook? So the first thing, like I said, is to know who your target audience is and then have some kind of strategy about who, who and when and how you're going to post. So um, like I said earlier, if you know that most people are checking your, the Facebook, Facebook at particular times of days or in particular locations, then the type of content you uh, produce for them would be different. Um, the other thing, so we can move on from strategy onto participation. So if you don't participate in social media, if your if your role on social media is just to put content out, then you can't really expect many people to engage. But if you join groups, for example, so. I'm in groups that support PhD students. If you find groups that are similar to your area of interest and to find them is as simple as searching on Facebook for keywords relating to your area of interest, um, then you should be able to find some groups that are similar and different groups will be there for different reasons. So they could be, you know, groups for carers of people with dementia. They could be groups for, um, Researchers in dementia, there could be groups for particular research techniques. So, lots of different types of groups, and you can join. You know, there's no limit to the number of groups that you join and participate in. Uh, It only just means that you might find that there's more content than you care to handle. But that's a case of limiting your time on Facebook rather than being feeling overwhelmed by how much um, is in your feed. Um, Obviously, friending people is important. So, this is one of the reasons why you might create a separate account is so that you can um, be happy to accept accept friend requests from people who essentially you don't know other than on Facebook. Uh, And I think it's important to have an open mindset about accepting new friends. If your goal is to recruit participants or engage other researchers, that naturally means you you will meet new people. And if you don't accept their friend requests, then that kind of defeats the purpose. And then finally, you need to let people know that you're on Facebook. So if you're already on another social media channel, then that's a good way to promote cross promote your Facebook account. So like we saw on that slide earlier, um, basically if you're on social media in another place, you're highly likely to be also on Facebook. So putting, you know, tweeting or putting a post on Instagram, go and follow me on Facebook would um, be a useful way of attracting people to your Facebook page And obviously, if you've got an email signature, put it in your email signature. And if you give presentations, whether they be poster presentations or presentations to your research lab or presentations at a conference, if you want people to follow you and see your Facebook content, then make sure you mention that during your presentation. And then some people even put that stuff, obviously, if you've got a business card, put it on your business card and make it easy to find you. So if you've got a website, if you've got a company page. If you're on LinkedIn, you could put, basically put it as many places as you're happy to put it on, but no point creating a page and not letting anyone know. So what are some of the things that are important around content? So like, like I mentioned before, it needs to be within the rules. So there are not a lot of rules on Facebook around content. Certainly Facebook is particularly peculiar around, um, nudity particularly in things like paintings and things that might otherwise be considered art Um, but the rules also apply from within your organization so what are the organization rules about posting and tagging just be clear on what they are and i'm not saying that you should break the rules but if you are breaking them know why or know that you're happy to or whatever the reason is that you're breaking them do it consciously i guess make sure the content is appropriate to your audience So like I said before, that it fits within your strategy early on, you might be really disheartened by what you might think of as lack of engagement, but because you're being specific in what you're putting out there, you're not going to get everyone who's interested in um, your Facebook stream start with is going to end up becoming a follower. Um, And certainly, as I said before about promoting your content, if you develop strategies to encourage people over to Facebook, then that's worth doing. So for example, if you're on LinkedIn and someone connects with you on LinkedIn and you, and they look like someone that you want to connect with on Facebook as well, when you accept their connection request, tell them that you're on Facebook and encourage them to connect with you via Facebook. If that's what you want them to do. Video is increasingly important. So if you can get on camera and talk, about something that's really good, and that could be as simple as saying something like, "Hi, Facebook, it's me, Joanne. Just letting you know, I've finished reading this really great research paper on whatever it is. My three take key takeaways are one, two, three, and that's it. So you don't have to talk about your work all the time. You don't have to be negative and say that the publication was good or bad for particular reasons. You can just take, you can just talk about what you learned from that." piece of information that publication the event you attended whatever it might be Uh, like i mentioned earlier asking and answering questions is a good way of engaging with people and if you join groups participating in the group is a really good way of getting a good reputation and having growing your following and people who are interested in you and your content Um, tagging people in places makes you easier to find so for example if you write a research paper and you post it onto Facebook tag, the other authors, uh, if you, you know, at a conference tag, the location that you're at, obviously be mindful that, that particularly tagging locations in real time can allow people to know your location exactly where you are at that point in time. And that might make it, um, or make your life a bit harder than it needs to be. So just be mindful of that. And finally, um, content that's shareable is good as well so um what you need to think about how people might share it you might explicitly say to them i'd love if you know please share it you might um share other people's content which will then will encourage them to share your content um so uh those are some of the things that make good content have either of you tried putting much of your research onto facebook yet
2: No, 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 I haven't. I sorry. <laughs> sorry, Joanne. You, you go, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, no, I haven't. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, i never done that either. I've done yeah. it on LinkedIn, yeah. but not on Facebook.
0: Yeah. And how did you find sharing on LinkedIn and what happened there?
2: Well, I had a lot of views, like I had more than a thousand views, but um, around 11 people liked them. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, maybe they didn't understand the paper, which was very scientific paper. Maybe I should have um, made a note of like what it means for like a general audience, but assuming that everybody's professional, I didn't do that, which was a mistake. And I understand. Yeah,
0: Yeah. certainly one, you can go back and edit your post and make a more general note to definitely assume everyone I think has the scientific understanding of a high school student And that'll make it much easier to engage people because those who have a better understanding than a high school student will want to click the article and read it or find out more. And those who have that level of understanding will then know whether the post is or isn't for them. Sure. Yeah.
2: I'll do that. Thank you so much. That's okay. And that
0: works on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter everywhere. Yeah. Keeping it simpler is much better than making it more technical.
2: Right. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So things to know, like I said, there's lots of scientific groups on LinkedIn, most science organization, sorry, LinkedIn on Facebook. There's lots of scientific organizations on Facebook. So if you create a company page, you can follow other company pages, etc. So that's worth knowing, particularly if you want to engage with them very directly. Uh, increasingly Instagram and Facebook are quite highly integrated. So I'm not sure if you've already seen this, but people's individual Instagram and Facebook feeds are almost identical now. Um, have you, are either of you two on Instagram? Yeah,
1: I'm on Instagram and yeah. yeah. So sometimes you post on Instagram and you can say post to Facebook at Facebook. the same time. Can't yeah.
0: You? yeah. Yeah. And do you do that? Sometimes. Yeah. And how do you find when other people do that? What's your reaction to that?
1: um it's it's a bit annoying really (laughs) because you're seeing the same thing twice yeah yeah yeah.
0: so i guess my i I do the same thing and i guess i think people one i i'm exactly like you i find it annoying but i continue to do it so clearly it's easy um for people to do it's just a matter of you know how much we annoy our audience by doing that and if you had a business account Um, there are some advantages of connecting your business Facebook account to your business Instagram account. And for business Instagram, almost nothing changes, but you just tick a different box Uh, and you can get some insights into how people are interacting with your Insta account. So you might consider doing that for both. Um, And then you'll have to make a decision on whether you whether you're happy to constantly share the same content to both, um, both platforms. My view is, wherever you can make them as separate as you can. So for example, some of the videos that I create, I try to say hi Facebook and know that that's only going to go to Facebook um, or hi to my Facebook group or hi to my LinkedIn group, whatever it might be. So creating specific content can be quite useful. But I guess the point of this slide is to let you know that don't be don't be annoyed or not, not don't be annoyed, be aware, that there's lots of cross posting between Instagram and Facebook. Um, And like I said, it's a social network. So that means you need to be sociable and you need to network. Um, So like I said before, be comfortable connecting with people who might be strangers, but also note that, that on Facebook, the community doesn't like to connect with people they don't know in real life as much just yet and so creating that familiarity through groups or through inviting people from other sites so from linkedin or twitter to facebook is a good way of growing your um, connections and and followers There's some issues that are worth noting um social media obviously is a place where we hear a lot about bullying um, and people in regional areas are more likely to have had bullying on social media than um, in non-regional areas. Uh, for those controversial topics can attract trolls quite quickly. So animal, animal research, research into um, crimes, criminals, recidivism, et cetera, and obviously vaccinations, diets, weight loss, all of that stuff. I'm sure you're aware of the kinds of things that can attract a lot of negative um, comments and posts. So be mindful of that. I've seen some scientists on various platforms get a really big following, making general science posts and then they t- switch their because they get such a following, they feel like they need to make more of a difference and they switch their focus to being about debunking myths and um so whatever whether it might be you know flat earth whether it might be moon landing whether it might be vaccinations whether it might be genetically modified organisms and it's generally not played out well because they're used to such a positive interaction and then they switch and then a lot of people come out of the woodwork and are annoyed at the posts um either because they find them and they troll them or they were in their in their feed already and they dislike the change in person. Just be mindful about those kinds of things. Um, so has already talked about a couple of the problems that she's faced in terms of the views versus likes of her post. Um, are there any other problems that you have faced or that you think you might face on social media?
1: Yes, one, one thing for me is um, if I want to recruit participants from groups um, that are closed, I'm not a member of, yeah. and I'm joining those groups, <laughs> but I don't feel that maybe I'm. it's the right thing to join groups for people who are not me. Like they, they, so, so for people who have certain health issues or their children yeah. have certain health issues, and yeah. then I'm joining that group as a researcher with a research interest rather than as, as a parent um, with yeah. that issue.
0: Yeah, so I would... If you're joining the group and they're closed, so you may well get a question that says, what is your interest in this group? Yeah. And so I think being open and honest and saying my interest in this group is fine is I wouldn't necessarily use the word recruit, but finding people with this condition because I'm interested in whatever the right word is, cure, resolving, treating, helping, like mm-hmm. something that shows the focus is on them and you helping them rather than them helping you and then if they let you into the group then I would act with that same regard so I would say I'm trying to help you so I'm not recruiting you into my study as the first post I ever make someone posts a question about how do you deal with this situation and your response might be oh the research that I've read says this or the people that I've interacted with do that okay does that make sense
1: yeah so, yeah, to establish yourself a little bit in the group first yeah. before you ask for anything, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk who talks a lot about social media and using it to build, in his case, a, a business. And he, he's, he's written a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And I don't think that metaphor is good at all. But so the three jabs are give, 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 and the right hook is ask or offer, if that makes sense. So it's content, 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 content. Would you like to buy not sell?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And so that's what you need to think about. So other people talk about if you're going to post nine pieces of content, sorry, if you're going to post 10 pieces of content, eight will be um, giving and two will be asking. So let's say you post it on your Facebook page 10 times a week. So during the week, twice a day on your weekdays, then only one of those days would be asking or, you know, half of two of the days would be asking for people.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, and certainly I know, like you said, I know that when I'm in groups, when people start selling, it's annoying. Um, you just, and there are groups that I'm on on LinkedIn where the only posts into the group are all self-promotion and no one interacts with those posts at all. So 15,000 people in a group, that's about PhDs and people only post, um, you know, here's my coaching program, here's my thing that I'm doing that I want you to be part of and no one interacts. And then when you post a question, no one cares about answering the question, no one's into it at all. It's really interesting. So, okay. any other problems or issues that you're facing or think you might face?
2: Yeah, I guess I have to try it and see what comes my way.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, the. I guess my advice is if you can continually ask questions, that will be more useful than giving people answers. Okay. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Is a
0: general rule. Particularly sure. if all of the answers are here's the research that I did that answers your question. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Okay, um, that's pretty much the end of the seminar. We've gone a little bit over in terms of what is coming next or what you might be interested in. So I've covered off some other uh, in other webinars about Twitter, which is very similar to the Facebook. The advice might be similar, but it might be worth going and having a quick look through that. Um, if you're using Facebook to engage with industry or trying to get trying to get funding in general, industry engagement and grant writing webinar might be something for you to look at if you're interested in social media and looking at using social media uh, more broadly for your research, there's coming webinars on that later this month and also next month. And then I've got a few others dotted around industry engagement, moving streams from your career um, and looking at career options beyond your PhD. If you haven't already, I'd love if you subscribe to my newsletter and YouTube channel um, and you can do that, both of those things via my website. Um, you can see the links there to the events page to register and to the uh, webinar page to have a look at what's up there already. Don't forget, I've written a book about working with industry and using social media as part of that book. If you'd like a copy, let me know and I'll happily send one out to you. Um, I'll put that in an email as well. Um, thanks very much. Don't forget if you haven't already joined my Facebook group, I'd love you to do that. And like, my advice to you is connect with me on my other social media. So please do connect with me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. And if you want to ask a question, you can do that via those platforms or send me an email or even SMS me. Thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks very much, Richard.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good
1: day. Bye-bye.